This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. I'm Andy White, and I'm joined today by Felice. Hello. Today we're talking about how digital has disrupted the buyer's journey. Yeah, just so we talk a little bit about the buying journey, buying cycle, purchase cycle, whatever it is you you want to call it, and talk about how digital has changed the way in which consumers make decisions um, about their purchases. And then so what brands need to be thinking about um, when they're developing sort of strategies around their SEO, PPC, content, etc. I think most brands understand the purchase journey as being quite a linear process and um, that the customer starts off with the sort of awareness or discovery phase and moves through various points until they make the decision to purchase. Um, and I think a lot of brands then work their marketing around the idea that that process is a stage by stage. Mm. Um, so, you know, what would normally happen is you need to put a, a TV ad out and customers would go, you know, go may, may go online and do a bit of research about their product and then go to a shop and buy it. Or they might see an ad in a newspaper and call up for a specific service. So you'd see a sort of direct cause and effect. You'd send some messages out there, you know, it might be a promotion, it might be money off, and you'd see a result um, yeah. come back from that. And even with, um, you know, with search now, Often it's the, you know, the, the understanding that the customer is looking for a particular product. Um, they'll do a search on Google and they'll select based on the results that they get. Whereas actually the, the purchase process is, is starting to look a lot more haphazard um, and almost like a whole mess of spaghetti with consumers jumping back and forth between different stages um, of the buying process, consuming information from various different sources, not necessarily the ones that you as a brand have put out there for them. So it sounds like a right mess then, Felice, really. It is, yeah. It, it, is, it is a bit of a messy the process. has messed up the buying process. It, <laughs> it has. It, it basically means, you know, your consumers are finding information about you that you necessarily haven't, not necessarily have put out there yourselves. Mm. And you can't predict when that first you know, interaction happens or at what stage of the process your customers are at when they first interact with your brand. And the fact that information is being updated so regularly means that, you know, you could have your customer may be actually in the decision phase Mm. um, of the buying cycle and then a piece of information comes out, you know, within the next few minutes. That could be possibly a negative review about your brand or it could be a piece of content that's come out from one of your competitors that then drives that customer back to the consideration phase where they go back and do more research and possibly even change the decision they to purchase. It's a very sort of real time, last minute, abandoned shopping cartish moment. Yep, yep. And it's, you know, it could even be that they even, you know, arrive at the shop and intend mm. to buy something. Um, you know, when they get there, one of the competitors has got money off and that's it. You, you know, mm. the decision switches. So the most important thing is for um, for brands to recognise that they need to be engaging with their customers. They need to be aware of what's happening, what's being said, um, and they need to be really clear about what their offering is and share that message across you know all possible channels. Mm. Um, so it's not just about making sure that your messages are on your website, because you know even looking at something like you know if you're focusing on SEO and driving rankings of of your website, mm. so somebody's looking for um, vacuum cleaners, um, you know a particular brand, and they come to search and there's three 
you know, three different, very popular, very well-known brands mm. um, that come up in your search results. You have no way of knowing if that customer's had an interaction with one of your competitors on a social network um, or through a recommendation from a friend, which means they select your competitor and not you, even though you might be ranking higher. And even mm. though, you know, the offering, your message descriptions, what's coming up in the search results, you know, may look very good. But, you know, if your customer hasn't found you somewhere else, you're not going to win that. You know, you're not going to win that sale. You're not going to drive that customer to your brand um, because you haven't got the messaging right elsewhere. And that customer has had interactions with your competitors on other platforms. Um, and while it, I mean, it's not all, do, all doom and gloom. Why we say that you can't, you can't know exactly how many interactions your customers have had with either your brand or competitors um, when they come to make their decision. What you can do is understand that they, they probably will have had. Um, so this is where we, you know, we talk about um, brands really understanding the difference between broadcasting messages and sending out sales and marketing um, yeah. messages and actually getting involved in the conversation that customers are having before they decide to purchase. We know that if we wanted to buy a product, you know, we go to, you know, we look for reviews, we yes. go to forum sites, we might post questions, depending on the complexity of the of the service or you know the cost of the product we may do more research at that initial phase um, and what those potentially new customers are getting is interaction from current and past customers so this is where we you know we have to think about beyond the sale you know the purchase isn't the end goal because mm. once you've made a purchase those customers are then influencing their next breed coming forward um, and it's thinking about, you know, what is it they're looking for when they're doing their research? You know, what questions are they looking to have answered? Um, so it isn't just about this product, you know, does what I want it to do and mm. the price is okay. Um, because you'll find that, you know, when you're looking at your competitors, there isn't much difference on that kind of level. Most of your competitors will have a product that does, you know, what the customer wants it to do and it has a good price. So you then have to think about what else are you offering? Sorry, listeners, I'm doing a lot of nodding again. Carry on, Felice. That's all right. I'm, I know I'm going off into one as well. <laughs> so it sounds like you have to be a lot more proactive than Felice. You've really got to think about the way your customers are thinking and the questions they're likely to ask. Yeah, so I think it's, it's about a shift, really. And it's, you know, there's, there's two types of marketing. There's the outbound marketing, which is a lot of, a lot of broadcast, um, which is sending messages out into the ether. And that could be either on your website, on your blog, social media, TV ads, billboards, all of the different kinds of tactics we use to try and get visibility um, on our brand. However, if you're not sure where your customers are or what they're talking about, you really are just throwing stuff out there and hoping that somebody sees it. Mm. Even if you know that you're broadcasting messages you know, to with, within a, a community that is likely to have customers, you know, if your competitors are out there doing the same thing, but they have a different message or they have something else to offer, you know, you just get drowned out with the noise. So, you know, looking at it more from an, an inbound marketing approach, which is where you are, you are going out there and you are placing content um, and placing information that's useful to your customers in the places that they are. So where are they talking? Uh, where are they seeking information about your products and about your services to assist them in the consideration and decision process and driving then those people back through to your products rather than somebody else's. Yeah. There's a lot of discussion happening um, about your brand 
already, whether it's it's information you've put out or not, um, your customers, potential customers are looking for information about your brand. Um, and they will get that information from past customers, you know, current customers, possibly even your competitors. Um, you know, there's anybody can have a voice. Anyone can set up a blog. Anyone can, you know, set up a social network profile and talk about your brand and talk about their experience. So it's about you engaging and being part of that conversation and helping to shape it. Um, and if you're not, then you're just not in control of what your customers are being told about you and about your products. So I'm guessing, Felice, it sounds like, uh, I guess the brand has to work harder these days, don't they? Um, well, yes and no uh, is the answer. Uh, one of the things that brands do have to be aware of, though, is that if you have customers that are moving back and forth within the decision process, mm. this could potentially lengthen um, the sales process because you know you're not able to move customers as smoothly and as quickly as you would necessarily like. Yeah. Um, and like I said, because new information is coming online all the time, so where a customer would have previously hit that decision phase a lot quicker, they may then be moved back into the consideration phase. And because customers know that there's information out there to be had, um, you know, so they don't always react in the same way to to marketing messages. You know, a TV ad, you would have seen a drive in sales pretty quickly in the yeah. you know the next couple of days. Whereas now, somebody may see a TV ad, then go online and read a few reviews. They might ask a couple of their friends if they've got that product, what their experience is. They might you know put a call out on Facebook. All of that takes slightly longer mm. uh, for them to get to a point where they actually buy the product. Um, you know, there's things you can do around that to help build sort of trust and advocacy and things like, you know, having a really good content marketing strategy um, and a social media presence means that, you know, you, your customers may be engaging with you mm. before they're at the point where they are customers. Um, so in which case, if you've already built that foundation of awareness and trust, then that buying process can be a lot quicker once the opportunity arrives. Um but, you know, it, it can potentially lengthen the sales process. So brands do need to be aware of that when they're looking at their forecasting. They may not necessarily see a return on investment as quickly as mm. they have perhaps have been used to or would like. Um, you know, brands might actually be experiencing that now. They may be seeing, you know, sales not coming in as quickly. Um, and I think there's always the temptation to then knee jerk and assume that that particular channel or activity isn't working or, or, you know, should be abandoned or needs to be changed. But it's about understanding that by putting that work in at the beginning and spending a bit more time understanding the customers, spending a bit more time putting out really useful content that's well optimized, um, engages your customers and pulls them back into your communities and you're having discussions. Um, when that sale does happen, that customer then is driving sales for you without you then having to do anything else. Mm. Um, a good, ex you know, a customer that has bought a product, they've had a good experience with you as a brand. They've had a good experience as a customer. They've had a good experience with your product. You know, that as an individual could then be driving another five, 10, you know, new customers to you without you then having to do any additional work. Um, because every time you've got a new customer going in and asking for a review, that's where you're, you know, very happy, very yeah. well engaged customers are doing the selling for you. Building brand loyalty, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I think this is what, you know, when we talk to customers about going beyond the sale, uh, once you've sold, that isn't the end of the relationship. Mm. Um, because how that customer feels about you as a brand and how they feel about your experience will be shared with potential new customers. So if you aren't looking after them, 
um, you aren't ensuring that they have a good experience, that you could end up spending a lot of money trying to battle against you know, the negative reviews, mm. um, you know, and, or, or any negativity around your brand that your new customers are then experiencing, um, you know, which, which basically can, you know, render your marketing efforts almost ineffective because we know that for most new customers, independent reviews, family and friend recommend- recommendations are one of the highest, uh, you know, one of the biggest triggers to purchase. Mm. So if they're negative, it almost doesn't matter what you're saying about your brand. You are going to lose customers. Um, so it's, you know, it's really sort of taking it back to basics and stop, you know, and not thinking, um, about your customers being a very simple, you know, going through a very simple process when mm. they make decisions. And it isn't about what you're trying to say about your brand. That's the most important thing. Um, and we've talked about this before we've talked about, you know, really getting to grips with who your customers are, you know, what their pain points are with you as a brand mm-hmm. and how you can fix them, you know, what else they're looking for that you could, you know, sort of get in and help them with, um, you know, so moving away from that kind of very sales focused messages um, and looking at genuinely trying to understand your customers um, and add value. And I'm guessing if you have a segmented market, you have to sort of rinse and repeat this process for each segment, I'm guessing. Well, you do. And even if, you know, and even once you've got it to a point where it's working well, the buying process changes. You know, this is, mm. you know, this is a change in the buying process, but it will continue to change and adapt as new technologies come on board. Um, you know, people are you know, a bit more savvy when it comes to, you know, when they're buying products and when they're spending their money. So they are constantly looking for new ways to ensure that they are making a good purchase. Um, so I've no doubt that, that we're going to start seeing this um, process change and update, you know, over the coming few years. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I think if you keep your customers needs and interests um, at the heart of what you're doing you'll see those trends before they start affecting your sales so it isn't about sales have gone down we don't know why now we're going to have to do a lot of work Um, you know if you're keeping in contact constant contact with your customers you will see when as you know when and as their needs change and you'll be able to respond and adapt quickly Um, you know and update any you know anything that you're doing update your messages um, so you're going on that journey with them rather than being one step behind trying to run to keep up all the time. Seems to keep coming back, doesn't it, to this cast your loaves upon the waters notion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my my usual rubbish joke of casting your loaves upon the waters and getting tuna sandwiches back. No. Um, <laughs> Would <laughs> yes, be nice, wouldn't which, it? Which no one ever laughs at. Yeah. Um, so that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening. Sitevisibility.com slash podcast is a place to go for the website. Email us at podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. Telephone us at plus four four. That means zero if you're in the UK. One two seven three two five six one five zero. You can leave questions and comments on the phone line. And of course, you can find us on iTunes and we love reviews on iTunes. And so it's goodbye from me, Andy White. It's goodbye from... Belize Sailing. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. What's new in podcasting? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. On a scale of one to ten, with one being completely straight mm-hmm. and ten being completely gay, what number are you? Um, 
you know, I don't think that you should rank how gay they are. I guess, I, and you know, that's just a little of a red, just a flag for me. Come on, come out. A weekly podcast where real lesbians tell their real coming out stories. You can find Come On, Come Out on your favorite podcatcher out now. Go listen. ACAST, A-cast, A-cast, A-cast recommends. recommends.